Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Roll with the topic, sorta of like the rubber when it's game time. They like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats, the four for twenty-six sort the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table, five silly guys diversified and educated. Five silly guys, diversified and educated, because y'all know bad things happen in Philadelphia. What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you, of course, by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. One of your hosts, I'm the boy Dev, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brothers. We got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building, we got B. Austin in the building, and we about to get it in. Let's go! Y'all know the country is embroiled in a tedious election process that's probably going to last for a few more weeks. So y'all need to really stop, like, checking CNN, Fox News, and all that stuff every five minutes because it ain't happening no time soon. Um, but look, you know, it, it's not much going on in the sports world. And with all this election stuff going on, we haven't really paid much attention to what's going on in the sports world. So we're going to touch on a few topics, including what's happening in real life quote-unquote real life with this election, and we're going to get up out of here. But as usual, sit back, relax, settle in for another briefing in the war room. You can get in on the conversation by signing in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls on the Digital Extreme Tech hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. So if you got something to say, sports, selection, otherwise, uh, get up in that queue. We're going to open that up in about 10 minutes. So before we get started, we just need to remind you that during the week, we're not live on the air. You can still check out archive episodes of our show and all of our partner shows, either on our own website at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms. We're on most of them. So look us up, the War Room, the Broad Street Line, John Appetit. Tissue in the Tape Hip Hop Show, after further review, look us up. We are there, the War Room Sports Podcast Network. What up, bros? Yo, this week has shown the world exactly why Donald Trump says bad things happen in Philly. <laughs> Mainly because, you know, in this election, he got that ass tapped in Philly. But what are y'all thoughts on, on everything that's going on this week with Trump, Biden, America, Proud Boys? <laughs> Black power, um, white supremacy. Honestly, I'm, I'm not even going to get into the politics of it and, and who wins because, I mean, I'm not going to give you all my real opinion, but yes, I am. I don't care. But fact is, Rock him a law for president. Is, yo, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Vote for Pedro. What I find funny about this is <laughs> the birthday everybody, party. like, over the last couple of weeks leading up to this election predicted this would happen, and then it happens, and they're still angry. Like, y'all the ones that predicted it. <laughs> we ain't going to know for a couple of weeks. I'm like, cool. Yo, that's kind of that's exactly what I've been thinking like all day because that's all people are talking about, you know, with the Nevada jokes and the count and all of this kind of stuff. I'm like, but didn't we all talk about this before? Like, Trump was setting up his excuses weeks ago, so we knew even if it weren't 
even if it wasn't count related, you knew the dude is is gonna have to get dragged out of there kicking and screaming, so you knew the the transition in power wasn't gonna be an easy one, even if Biden did win. So yeah, I'm with you, Jim. I don't understand what all the surprise is about. And because of COVID, you know, we have a record number of mail-in votes, you know, mail-in votes, vote, yo, all that kind of like, stuff. No, so you like knew that they weren't going to count that stuff in one night. As a matter of fact, it's <laughs> a law in some states that you can't even start counting until the day of the election. So those votes were just sitting there until the election. Like, people just, <laughs> like, yo, no, that's fraudulent. I'm counting. <laughs> I guess like for for me like I tell you man the more the longer I live man the more I, I I say this probably every episode at this point but it's for a reason the more I enjoy the movie The Matrix man like yo because we're all no! the Matrix and the yo, funny thing is I sit back and think prophets, like, I sit back and think it like prophetic. and I might be to a certain extent because everything that you know it's almost like that movie that's on uh, what's the Netflix joint the Social Dilemma how yeah. um, you know yeah. it goes into how you're, you're taught what to think but I just think everybody's stupid. And maybe I'm being programmed yeah, to make I mean, everybody stupid based upon my uh, no. based upon my interactions with social media. But it's like no, the I, more I, I, the I, more I see, boy. I mean, I mean, Jim. It's, it's before crazy. we even finish that, like, it, does it have to be explained? Like, we are in another tight election with Donald Trump. Like that's right. Like, come on, America's definitely stupid. Like, yo, we're sitting I here seen, again on the premise of maybe or maybe not Donald Trump being the president of the United States. Like, just listen to that. Listen to how that sounds. And I Yo, used to bang with the apprentice, you know, more than when, most. When the, guy my show, against, Donald Trump. when the guy he's running, when the guy that he is running against literally has more votes than any president in the history of this country. And 50% of the people that voted for him say they didn't wait. vote for him, they voted against the other guy. So, right, so... That's another. That's, that's an interesting point too, because another conversation I saw. Because I'm, I'm basically a, a just a conversation stalker at this point, because I'm trying my best to to live Don't up do to it. The, no, as I'm saying, I'm trying my best to follow Jimmy's advice and not jumping into every conversation. I, you know, a lot of times I write stuff and delete stuff. Like, no, I can't do it. So at this point, you know, <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I fail, but most of the time I'm just a conversation. Mm-hmm. I just I just read conversations. And somebody uh, brought that up today too and they were defending Joe Biden in that because somebody was talking about how, you know, the Democrats keep running these weak ass candidates. So that's that was his comeback, Jim, like, well, this guy just got the most votes out of any candidate in history. But really mm-hmm. you have to attribute that to the other guy. The other guy activated so many people against yeah, people him that, 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 that people have come out I, in record listen, numbers exit, to get rid of him. It has nothing polls, to do with the sleepy bull. The exit polls, <laughs> whatever you stock you want to put in the polls, like the, I saw that as one of them. It was almost 50% of the people said they voted against – people that voted for Biden said they voted against the other guy, not necessarily yeah, for yeah, Biden, yeah, which yeah. was funny. Yo, and, yo, but I also I, saw like right before, I, we got, <laughs> right before we came on, um, <clears throat> Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania, the governor of Pennsylvania, he says, he was on TV, and they asked him, like, you know, what happened with Trump in Pennsylvania this time? And he was very blunt about it. He was like, well, um, most educated white voters, he lost, and he won last time. And he lost them. And I was sitting there thinking, like, yo, that's kind of, like, slanderous. He said it in a way that really didn't come off slanderous, so let's think about what he's saying. He's saying that a white person with a modicum of education, like, 
went away from dude. Right. So right. all he got left was the non-educated folks. But did you see the the clip I sent you of Trump saying, "I love the non-educated people." Like he makes a <laughs> yeah, he cooking you, he cooking he you cooks everybody, out. and they think it's a compliment. Like he's sitting there saying, "I love your dumbass." Thank you, dumbass. I appreciate you, dumbass. That's like being in a club. Like yo, I love y'all, whore. I'm gonna say this, man. To your to your to y'all to y'all points, man. I don't know if y'all have noticed. I just I just got off social media for a few. It's probably for about the next two weeks, man. I'm gonna I'm leave it alone, man. It, it, it's, it's yeah, I pe- I noticed you did. It's I thought much. you probably got caught. I, I thought you most, probably got caught. You know, with your hand in the cookie jar. I was like, also disappeared. It's the most extreme <laughs> place on the planet. Like real talk, I've seen yeah. I've seen B. Austin put up a post that said something like, you know, Biden is. Just as bad as Trump, and then the next comment say you hate black women. What? And y'all know we've been no! black men. We've been under attack this whole time, and they will make anything no! out of us hating a black woman. Jimmy, you sent that tweet Yo. today. What did, what did the chick say in the tweet? Eighty yeah. percent. Yo, she's, she's um, Eighteen percent of black men who voted voted for Donald Trump. Those eighteen percent hate black women. What? Like what are you talking about? Like, Yo, and she was get, she was running for Congress. She got a dumbass cook, but she was a uh, she was almost a congresswoman. Yo, I saw I saw that yo, in her bio. Did you did you, did you see that? Did you see that? I don't know if you saw that post, Jimmy, but like the this person I, and and this is somebody that I know, but they're, yeah, I saw they're it. I saw you know they live in they but, live but in B, That's what this election has done, though. You could know them. They could yeah. know you to a T. And they'll say some dumb stuff to you like that. Like, like really? Like, I, I had a really you know, moment with somebody. You, like, that's what you think of me? Like, yeah. Sam, listen, women. man. This man is married I've to seen things, an African the, the reason I've come to the, I'm married. I stopped, no, I'm married like, to the black The reason I stopped black arguing black. a couple of years ago is because, <laughs> is, is because of, like, some of the stuff, some of the extreme stuff that I've seen online. And I was like, yo, this place isn't real. Like when I saw, and I brought this up on the show before, when I saw someone just to give their mom a random shout out. I love my mom. Like my mom's the best. There's nothing wrong with that. Cool. Somebody came in like, what about your pop? Your pop's in your life. How come you never sent him a shout out? Yo! I was like, yo. yo. Like, I'm, I'm saying, my man, can he say I'm feeling like, all parents matter, man. All parents matter. All parents matter. Holy cow. I saw another boy on, the, on Twitter. He had put up a post. Showing that he had paid off like six figures in debt, and he was like, "I'm so proud of myself. I paid off six figures in debt. Now I have a million dollar net worth." And he was like posting his receipts and shit. He was basically giving himself a blowjob. But somebody came on and was like, "Yeah, that's all. That's all fine and dandy, but um, you know, a million dollars ain't what it was in the '70s. It'd be different if you had a million in the '70s. You ain't really doing nothing in 2020." Yo, I said, "Yo, that's right." Somebody that's a greeter at Walmart. Make eight an yo, hour. Cats will cook you. Cats will cook you and argue about anything, yo. Because right. that's the thing. Like, if you notice, though, most people, especially on a place like Facebook, because you actually know the people. Like on, on Twitter, and something you know, IG is kind of familiar, but you know, you get into that realm of people yeah. you don't know. Yeah. But on Twitter, yeah, Twitter basically, Twitter, don't, know you don't know anybody. I'm there for so bars. you're getting cooked. There's no nice people on Twitter. Dog. On Facebook, usually people. People's thing is like an echo chamber. Everybody that's going to comment on something, yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree. But then it's going to be that one person 
That's going, you so know, I'm pretty which is cool. Like, you know, get it started. Yeah, once they get it started, it makes other people comfortable to say yep. what they really Once feel. they get it started, and then, fam. Yeah. Did, y'all, did y'all see the post with a chick? I know Dev saw it, with a chick put up a picture of, like, <clears throat> her grandparents, and her her grandmom was, like, white, and her grandfather was black, and she was like, you know, um, yeah. this is what I come from, and yada, yada, yada. And someone was like, yeah. yo. Your, your grandpa, your grandpa risked his life for that. She looked like Rocky, yo. Like Rocky Dennis. Yeah. Yo. And and, <laughs> and and here's and here's what I'll add. They weren't lying, but damn, come on, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna talk greasy about her grandma. He definitely, he definitely, he definitely risked a lynching for like a one and a half, but. Yeah, you know what I mean? That was a real moment yeah, where they were trying to be, you know. That, yeah. But yo, but my it, point in saying that, dog, is like the internet ain't real. Up, it's man. like yo, it's where people come. It, it's kind of like yo, dog. It's, it's part of yo. I wish I wish Maslow could study the internet, man, because like our need right. to feel wanted, uh, like our, our all of our needs are met there, and it's like most. Of it, what it makes me realize is no one has it all together, and most people are like depressed. I really believe yeah. that, yo. I mean, and it also shows really what you that. said to start the conversation that like everybody's stupid, like yeah, stupid because you know we you know you know how you know people of our generation and older like to say stuff like, man, people are stupid these days. No, no. I, I agree with the I agree with the with with the notion that no, it just gives you it gives everybody a, a platform to put their stupid on full display. Like we didn't know how stupid everyone was that day because everybody didn't back in the day because everybody didn't have a platform, a platform. to comment right. on every single topic. Sam, but here's the, the crazy part. Now you know what and people think deep part. down in their minds because everybody shares everything. But here's the crazy stupid. part: a lot of the nonsense that you see on there are people our age saying dumb itch, and the crazy. Yo, his was even crazier, right? So as someone that's what I'm saying. Like, that's just, you know, it's us, stupid too. Yo, Not us. But, yeah. Social media sites early. Like I'm, I'm always looking at social media sites early, just from a marketing standpoint. So I'm always on them early. I've been on the social media a long time. Black Planet, MySpace. I don't know B Austin has too, but for different reasons. But with that being said, a tr- a transition happened where now it went from just like early adopters to like you know tech people to like everyday people like. Yo, it's real life gangsters on social media now, and I know like I right. know people that have really put in work that be on there. And telling on themselves. <laughs> even they take even they take stuff too far. They're telling on themselves. Like they they starting real life street yo, beef on Facebook. Yo, threatening, like, threatening, like, it's, like it's, real it's, stuff. You yo, get the internet. For. It's like I will come it's kill like, you right like, now. Absolutely. The internet it's is like yo, John, they're not lying either. John, the internet is absolutely it's like insane. John said, man. It's like John Jackson said. Money ain't the root of all evil anymore. Attention yeah. is. And yeah. shout out to the shout out to the wise man killer Kev. Dev, you don't know who that is, but I know Jimmy does. Shout out <laughs> to the wise man killer Kev who broke it mm-hmm. down. Like, yo, it be cats like you say, forty yeah, to sixty. I don't know him. I only know how son Campbell that, that, that lose <laughs> that that look nah, killer Kev way better than Hassan. Yo, that lose yo they lose themselves. They lose themselves and just get rid of all semblance of like belief, like in in their their belief system, and they turn into like eighteen year old young boys. 
Like, so what y'all are saying is, what y'all are saying is, Al Gore lost control of his internet. Yes, he did, man. Like me and Dev had a conversation earlier. It was in reference to uh, Jaheem, the uh, R&B singer Jaheem. I posted something. He was like defending Trump and how we turned our back on a good man. And Dev was like, "Yo, like, what? What's wrong?" I was like, and we were talking about like why even post it in the first place. Like, right? No, but the, 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 the main and, comment, the main thing I commented on Jimmy was the fact that. He's repeating the stuff that they're saying now, talking about vote counting and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Count, count. So I'm like, why? Like, even if you support somebody, why do you have to defend the, their fuckery too? Like, I don't understand Yo, that. What I like, I got people that, that I support, but when they say and do dumb stuff, like, I'm not repeating that. Yeah, I'm not repeating. No. What I what I took from it though, be all. I'm on Omar team, but though, like, no, y'all wouldn't know it. It's 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 what it's what Fab said, but it's even different, right? Because Yo, it's not even positive attention. Cats want attention, even if it's negative, to the point where cats will say something that they know will get them quote unquote canceled. But they want that attention so bad. Like they want to be talked about. Like, and I guess as an entertainer, it's probably worse than someone who's never had the spotlight to lose the spotlight. You know what I mean? Like when you used to like you know rocking in front of huge shows, and you get older, and like you know you you oldest now. Um, I guess it, it's a little different than like you know. I mean, everyday person don't really have to go through that withdrawal, so it's probably like a drug to the point where you got artists that just come out and say and do anything. You just want people relevant. to say your name, just to say your name, right? yeah. Just to that's why you got yeah. Otis a shout out though, man. Otis, Otis was Otis was cashing checks on that train for a long time, but didn't care that nobody was coming to see him. Nobody <laughs> coming to see you, Otis. Yeah, so. You know, so at at this point, you know, in this election where we stand, uh, Joe Biden sitting with 264 of the electoral votes, Donald Trump with 214. Uh, We're still waiting on Nevada, which is trending blue right now. Um, Not even trending, but he's just leading because all of these races are pretty close. PA, where Donald Trump is in the lead. North Carolina and Georgia, where Trump is in the lead as well, but those leads that he has has are getting smaller and smaller, and that's the that's the the crazy part of Trump. Like this is the part where he just does and says whatever he wants because in some states he's trying to sue to have them <laughs> stop the count because he's leading and the mail-in votes are inching biting closer to him, but then in other states where he <laughs> where he's losing. He's urging them to keep counting, and his supporters eat it up, fall for it, because they're out in the streets right now protesting in the places where they want the count to be stopped. Yo, well, here's but he's, yo, the bull's out of control. But again, 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 I'm not taking those sides. I don't care. All I'm saying is it's funny because like so Joe Biden came out to speak today, so he spoke for maybe like less than two three minutes. He said a couple bars, like yo, you know. Let, let every vote count. This is what's happening. You know, trying to look, trying to look presidential and whatnot. And mm-hmm. the people were saying that he's doing that every day for one to show stability. Mm-hmm. They said, yeah, strategic is for one to show stability. They said for two, they said that from what they're hearing from the inside, it is eating Trump up because <laughs> he wants to come out and respond and say something. He already looked like the president. His people, doing aren't, this. his people aren't letting him. His people aren't letting him because they're afraid of what he'll say. Cause they know he's gonna say something silly. they know he's gonna say something. And one person they said, one person said they were afraid that he literally will incite violence. 
They're, they're afraid that he'll, like, start violence. So, therefore, they're just telling him, like, yo, don't say anything. But it's eating him up. So now, like, yeah, you know, I know those dog whistles going to come as soon yo. as they, as soon as they, you know, say Joe Biden gets to 270, the dog whistle is going to come up. It's going to be stand up yo. instead of stand down and stand by and. Because people, the people are waiting. They're waiting on the word. Like there are people out there waiting. Your know, gun sales are up crazy because a lot of other people are like yo. We got to protect ourselves because these people might trip when this is all said and done. Yo, I re- I saw a meme earlier like yo. Thing- it's crazy that America's on the brink of civil war. Like the embarrassing part is it's for the same reasons. Crazy part, yo. You know what's crazy about this? America you know, and it's, it's party election, but not party election. Is is like how secure you feel when you're younger, right? So as a kid, you know the world is crazy, but you don't realize just how how everything is being kind of like held together. You don't realize None how fragile it is. As you get older, mm. as you get older, you start to realize like, yo, this whole this whole ish can go crazy. Like especially after COVID, when you realize like, yo, they locked the whole country down. You know what I'm saying? It didn't take them that long to to lock a whole country down and, and, and you know do what they did, but you realize like, yo, this thing is literally being held together by tape. This is not yep. as, you know, put together. And then for a lot of people, if you sit back and think about it, you know, in a very mature way, like you start to appreciate your parents more. Because you're like, damn, like, yeah. they, raise, they raise kids in this climate. And it was way yep. a little more lax than it, than it is now, it seems, because... I know we. I don't know. I know we hover around our kids way more than than we got hovered around. And it's like to give oh, yeah. us the the level of freedom that they did give us, which we thought was zero at the time. And then when you think back, like now we like, damn, my parents didn't even care about us. They let us go here and go there. <laughs> like think about how much well, we complained think- back then, though. No, won't let me do nothing. But it makes the world change that much. I did the world actually That's change that much? Like. I don't it's know a whole if lot it, going on. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like you big us to them for raising us through whatever was going on, and you know, still allowing us to have but, a modicum of freedom and live our lives. And but, that's a hard balance, man. Because you want to keep kids in. But the you know what? But, but, but here's the difference, point. though. Here's the difference, though. But then what they go grow up to be weird information. Once we got once we got into the information age, everything changed because now we have more access to how crazy the world is. Like we see mm-hmm. how crazy the yeah. world is. Our parents didn't know how crazy the world was. They know it was crazy, but they didn't know or see the things that we see. Like we literally can so, so if you're all the stuff they all the stuff they read about and saw on the news, we see it real time. If you if if you're seeing it real time, if if and if it's creating an environment where there's exposure to more doesn't that breed more of the same behavior? Possibly. So that's what I'm saying. So there's a lot of the problem with the, that's the, that, that's the, that's the problem with problem. the information age. Like we have access to everything information-wise, but that's a good thing. But the problem is we have access to everything information-wise. It's, yeah. it's like a double-edged sword. So that's what I'm saying. We got to find a balance to be even better parents because <laughs> the information is yeah. out there. Ain't nothing our kids don't know about. Yo, and you can't put it back in a box. So now it's like, what happens as you move forward? <laughs> it's a genie. And this is what I, I mean by and, saying this whole thing is being held together by glue. This world is nuts. Yeah, but um, definitely want to give a, a a shout out to the to the hometown. <laughs> like I said, now we we understand why Trump said bad things happen in Philly. 
probably because they they damn near eighty twenty his ass um, as far as the books yeah. went. So they they definitely trying to get him up out of there. Uh, middle of Pennsylvania and all the surrounding areas, eh, not so much. But yeah, the, the big cities, Philly, Pittsburgh, they they holding that close in in Pennsylvania. So we'll see how that all works out. So let's talk a little bit of sports. <laughs> I know some people. This is what they tuned in for, so we're going to do a little bit of that. So we're going to get into some hot topics. Hot topics, of course, are brought to you by MyBookie. War Room family, it's time for you to make some money. Sports betting at MyBookie. If you still haven't checked out MyBookie, it's time to place your bets. The NFL and college football are pretty much the only major games in town at the moment. So lay down some bread on the biggest football games every week by joining the War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at MyBookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get paid fast. No hassle. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wagers after Carson Wentz gives the opposing team a short field on the first possession of the game. Join now, and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WORLDROOM, all caps, one word. That'll activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. So uh, NBA season, man, after a little bit of bickering back and forth, it looks at this point as if the players are going to agree to a December 22nd start to the season, and it'll be a shortened season by 10 games. It'll be a 72-game season. Remember, we, we heard a lot of pushback on this because, you know, pretty much for the playoff teams in the bubble, especially the teams that made the final finals, the season just ended a couple of weeks ago. And now we're talking December 22nd, which would put people in training camps at the end of this month or, you know, around December 1st. We still have to do the draft. We still have to do free agency. We still have to do the off-season trades. So they're about to Sonic the Hedgehog this off-season to get everything back up and running so they won't lose as much money as they would be projected to lose if they don't, you know, start the season before the new year. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, we've already heard players coming out prior to this semi-agreement Basically speaking on other players, though, you had Danny Green talking about how LeBron probably going to load manage. Like, why are you talking about LeBron? What you going to do? But nobody really cared, so they asked him about LeBron. But what do you guys think about this? I mean, <laughs> we know that the dollars, you know, played a major, major role in this. When they sit these guys down and they let them know, <laughs> you know, the financial implications of everything, it seemed like that quickly changed his mind. But do y'all think that's too soon or – What's y'all thoughts on? I mean, I'm just a fan here. Give me, give me ball whenever you know. Paul. Yeah. yeah. So the thing is, we kind of knew that this would have to happen. Like, there's no way around it. We're living in, um, you know, historical times, and in order to get things back on track, this kind of would have to happen. So we knew that. I mean, right. there's a quick turnaround, but at the end of the day, um, like like Danny Green said, we're going we gonna to load manage this thing, um, but we got to get this ball played in. Yeah. As a fan, man, listen. Especially they do like day ball like they did last time, dog. Listen, I might actually pay for the ticket this time instead of. No, but yeah, I'm, yeah. So yeah, let's go. Not as long as the ball him in the group. No, <clears throat> shout out to him. Shout out to him. <laughs> um. Nah, so you know, uh, they're saying the 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 draft of course is is November 18th. It's scheduled for November 18th. So like I said, we're going to have to get 
everybody in here quickly. What I haven't heard about though is are we going back to the bubble format? I know there were there were rumors while they were in the bubble that during next season there'll be you know a certain a amount of bubbles, bubbles all around the country. Yeah, a couple bubbles, but and then I like I, But when I was reading, you know, I also saw them mention the fact that a lot of teams play in cities where you can only, you know, have a certain percentage of the fan base or a certain number of people in in large gatherings at one time. So that was making me think, like, like I hope they're not going to try to do this the normal way with either no fans or a little bit of fans. Like, I think at this point, with no real end in sight to this pandemic, I, I think they would have to go with the bubble format. I mean, it's lonely for the players, but, I mean, maybe this time bring your your people the whole time. But they just can't leave unless it's an emergency, and they just have to abide by the same rules as the players. If you have to leave for an emergency, you come back and you quarantine. I don't know. I don't know what that would look like and what that would cost. But, of course, they said they, they lost. Um, the income was down like $1.5 billion, uh last season last season because of everything that's going on. So they're at least trying to recoup some of that by starting on time um, with these TV deals and all that kind of stuff. So they don't have to <laughs> get back any of that money. Um, but yeah, like I said, we're fans. So, you know, as soon as y'all can start hooping. Yeah, we'll, let's get it. Like, what are we supposed it. to say? I mean, I mean, you have no. talking heads out there like, nah, there's no way they should start the season. I'm like, you don't really like basketball, do you? <laughs> Either that, you're just trying to, you know, get better access to the players by kissing their butts. As soon as y'all go, like, all I know is, you gag. All I know is, bubble, bubble ball is some of the most entertaining basketball I think I've seen in over a decade. Yeah. Hooping and bubble dog. They, they, they definitely they want to get the seventy two. They want to get the 72 over with by, you know, and the finals and everything by mid-July before the Olympics start. Remember, the Olympics got pushed back to 2021. So they're trying to get everything yeah. done before the Olympics start um, because they're saying uh, that's worth about $500 million to a billion in short and long-term revenues to the league and its players. So, um, hmm. come on, let's get this, get this work All before Christmas is, uh, Day. This, this is like a dream season for Shout out to Phil Maddock. He says he says the league should start on Christmas every year. So this is <laughs> this is probably like a dream come all, true. All for I him. know is bubble ball, dog. Bubble ball. They was trying to take you. They was trying to cut each other's heads off, dog. It was very competitive, man. And yeah. and, and when that brother from and that brother from Denver and Utah when they got together, they was trying to kill each man, other. Man, they was yo. They was trying. They was swinging swords like Shinobi. And I and I put yeah. some of that. I, I look at some of that as them not having opportunity to go to Miami and ride banana boats together and get ice cream and massages together and all that, you know, these guys actually had to compete. And then you got to see each other every day at the hotel in competition mode. So you like, yeah, you like, yo, I, I ain't really trying to, man, I don't really like, it. I don't know what it's the last I don't know what it is. I just know it was lit and I'm, I'm, I need more of that. Paul. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt Alright, and other NBA news Man, uh, we talked about this Last week when the Sixers hired Daryl Morey, you know, Jimmy said Elton Brand was going to be A glorified coffee runner From this point out 
the Sixers went and extended Elton Brand's contract by five years. So it's like they're kind of confusing everybody. I mean, it's it's not out of the it's not completely out of the ordinary to have a GM, a president of basketball operations, you know, and then ownership, and 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 that's the 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 kind of thing that they're having right now with the Sixers. They're gonna have people answering to people at different levels. You know, you got. Doc Rivers who came in, then you got Elton Brand who, who's going to keep his job as the GM. Daryl Morey is the president of basketball operations. I think the only reason, you know, the conversation quickly started to surround Elton Brand is because Daryl Morey has always been such a hands-on, uh, you know, president of operations. So basically, a GM slash president of operations, kind of like Pat Riley. And and Miami, if my if the Miami Darryl, have a, has a GM, I don't know who he is. Daryl <laughs> Daryl no Morey in his tenure in Houston made over seventy five deals. Hey, he was a he, he was a trading bull, but he's a trade machine. But that's the thing, like he he's so hands on that you wonder where that leaves Elton Brand in the pecking order. I mean, because when Elton Brand came, what they had. Since he was a you know a young GM, they were giving him a chance. It was him, Josh Harris, and and the other owner. Like everything was a, a group decision. The final say, they all had to sit and talk about it. They claimed during last season they decided that they were going to give Elton Brand full autonomy. I think that kind of showed in the contracts that he signed during the last off season. Horford. Um, what they ended up giving Toby, the fact that he let Jimmy walk to sign these two guys to the deals that they got, you kind of figure like, yeah, nobody's signing off on that unless they got full power. Um, but now they they're claiming it's going to go back to kind of like the group model, with of course Maury having the final say on everything. And I just wonder, as a GM who just got that kind of power, even if that was even real last season, like what does that feel like? But Elton Brand is saying all the right things. You know, he's saying he wants to learn from them and he's happy that the Sixers have this confidence in them and he loves the city and wants to bring the city a title. So he's saying the right things. Do y'all believe that? Or do y'all think, you know, deep down somewhere he feels disrespected, but then you got to throw his new contract. I mean, the first question you asked is, what's it, what's it mean for Elton Brand? It means uh, cream and two sugars, or you like your black? <laughs> um, I'll take a macchiato. Thank you. <laughs> Yo, I want donut, donut minis. Donut minis. Not the big joint. Paul. So basically. Yeah, he's making Dunkin' Donut run. So basically, y'all saying Elton Brand is like the Matisse Stiebel of the front office. <laughs> for the plane he, he might he be, got a plane his, his job might be holding Thibault's camera this year <laughs> yo that it's just, it's an interesting dynamic man and I guess he's figuring learning under Daryl Morey if this doesn't become long term maybe you know it gives him the the opportunity gives him the experience to to end up going elsewhere or you know maybe Daryl Morey won't last as long as as 
as we think, because, you know, his contract, I believe, is five years as well. So maybe he has long-term eyes on that job and moving up from the GM to the, the president of basketball operations. I don't know, man. It, it just seems a little bit weird to me. And it gets weirder, like, every time we hear a report, because, you know, first it's like, oh, how's Elton feel about that? And then the next week, oh, they gave Elton a, a, an extension. <laughs> but then you, you hire – a very hands-on coach who's used to having the, the power, and then you hire somebody else over him. So he's just kind of caught in the middle. He's going to be sitting at the meetings just chilling. <laughs> I don't know. Shout out to you, Elton, man. I hope the, that's a nice shake. Anyway. All right, so um, staying in the city of Brotherly Shove, and the, the the funny thing is people knowing where we're from, they probably think of think this is the stuff we talk about every week, but you know, we rarely talk about a lot of Philly things, but we gotta stay on theme tonight. Our theme is bad things happen in Philadelphia. Um we gotta have the Carson Wentz conversation. Everybody's having the Carson Wentz conversation. After another mediocre game with four turnovers, um and we basically just beat a team that was outmatched, outmanned um, who had no quarterback because they were down to their third-string quarterback, the Eagles still got a win. They moved to 3-4-1 atop the, the lowly NFC East, but the question still remains around the performance of Carson Wentz. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what are yeah. your thoughts on Carson Wentz? Do you, do, do you think that there's a chance? Do you think there's justification that they should be thinking about putting him on the bench. Because you know everybody's no. playing the McNabb card right now. If this were McNabb, the city would be calling for their heads. Stephen A. got in on that. Yeah. A lot of black Eagles fans got on that. I don't really – I didn't really understand the comparison, though, because from everything I read, everything I listen to, every Eagles group that I'm in, the city is calling for Carson Wentz's head. So you got to go a little farther than that. It's not about the city. It's about whether or not the organization will do it because Andy Reid did put Donovan's ass on the bench one time against the Ravens Yeah, um, when he stunk it up. Um, the, the, do you think the, the, the bench is, should be in his future? No. The problem is threefold. The problem is threefold. We're going to start with Carson. Um, because of where Carson comes from collegiately, right, where – he was the best athlete probably on the field a lot of the time. And therefore it was a difference between facilitating and playmaking. Right. And he got away with making plays the entire time. Now you come to the NFL, your development is in a direction where you're learning how to be a facilitator and pull the strings on your playmakers. When teams get injured, or, or if not teams, when his teammates get injured, he defaults back to being Big John Stud pause and trying to make all the plays and hold on to the ball. And I think that has now worn into his psyche a little bit more than just the te- his teammates being hurt and him having to do more. Now it's about the whispers of how important really are you to the team? We won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So it's a combination of him pressing because of that and him pressing because so much of his time is spent playing with a shoestring together roster 
out on that field. Now, let's get to Dougie P. Let's get to Dougie P. Because Carson, his ass holds on to the ball far too long and tries to play Superman and hero ball. We're going to give him at least 50 to 60% of the accountability. Doug's play calling. Yo, Doug must Doug must have Chip Kelly on uh on speed dial plays that he yo the plays he's calling are ridiculous man his play calling is utterly ridiculous he doesn't focus he, on making he's the quarterback get the he's ball either regressed out of the he's either regressed or there was or there's some credence to the conversation that everybody used to have that oh, it was really Frank Wright and Frank Reich and you know who who was doing well, all of that. Obviously regressed. He's obviously regressed. Yeah, the regression. I mean, is, I, I is, think is, our two point conversion plays and even some of our fourth and one, third and one play are some of the worst plays I've ever seen. And that used to be yeah, Doug's yeah. time to shine. So I'm like, maybe it wasn't Doug, <laughs> like because. The stuff he's he's doing now, there's no imagination to it. I'm like, why, why are you switching up? Like that reeks of somebody else was doing this, and I want to get the credit for doing it my way. That reeks of that because if you were doing it before and it was working the way it was working, then I really don't understand why things have been changed up the way that you know the way that they've been changed up. That's why I say that reeks of somebody wanting to do something their way and get credit for it. But I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I agree with you, B. Carson, he definitely has this hero mentality. And the more people on this offense that get injured, the worse it gets. The more pressure. The worse it gets. He, he looks like a quarterback. Play. He looks like a quarterback out there with no brains whatsoever. Um, Shout out to 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 the to the boy Riddick. He called him. Um, he said he's a flash. He's turned into a flash quarterback. So you know he'll show these flashes, but he at this point he's not showing anything sustainable. Um, yeah. Especially for the money yeah. that they ended up paying it, him. It, 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 you know when not, I hear that, it's not a question of tools like people come to my mind ability. like you know the, the Michael Vick type people of the world. Yeah. Do some flashy stuff that's amazing, but just. When like it just don't seem like he's thinking the game at all, at all. Um, Skyview in the chat room said, "Y'all are killing me. Y'all praised Jameis like he was the second coming, then you crapped on him. Y'all praised Wentz like he was John Elway. Now he's Ryan Leaf. You know why, Kev? Because no, we're not, not, ES- not. No, 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 no. B, I'm talking. We're not ESPN. We don't give an opinion, and no matter how this person changes." Stick to that opinion because it's entertainment. We don't do entertainment here, man. We're not going to be Skip Bayless, you know, 17 years later still acting like LeBron is a bum when he's one of the top five players of all time. If something changes, then your opinion has to change or you're not being real with yourself. I'm not going to be Max Kellerman. I crapped on Carson Wentz. So now, even if Carson Wentz turns it around, y'all know he's going to find every reason to still act like Carson Wentz is is trash and this and that. that's the way the ball bounces, Kev. If Jameis, if we thought Jameis was going to be something when he came out, okay, we praised him for what we thought he was going to be. 
he didn't live up to that. Are we not to be honest, or do you want us to be the stuff that, you know, we've basically been speaking against for the 10 years that we've been doing this? Like, we tell you every week, there's nobody in this world that we agree with 100%. So it's always going to be down the middle with us. We're going to give you our real thoughts. So if we're killing you by being real, then... We just got to kill you by being real. But I'm not going to sit here and praise Carson Wentz when he had an MVP season, an MVP type season, and then two years later when he's playing like a piece of garbage, say the same things about him. What, what would that make me? Skip Bayless, <laughs> Max Kellerman. Like I'm not trying to be those dudes. So Scott, you say either he's good or he's not, dude. Is he playing well right now? Like, I, I don't understand what you don't understand about what we're saying right now. Or Like, are we to lie? I mean, just like you, every week we get, a, we get, we get this Nelson Aguilar um, update. Of course, you were kind of quiet this week. I guess zero receptions and zero yardage to do that to you. But, um, dude, like, you got to be honest about things. Like, I, and I that bump, and that bump drops the t- he dropped a touchdown, too, and I'm only pissed because I had Derek oh, yeah. Carr start. But he he definitely there. dropped a touchdown. He dropped, one, he dropped one in the Buccaneers game, too, that I didn't hear Kev talk about. You, you know, but he sending us stats talking about, you know, he's the highest-rated receiver in the league as far as when they throw the ball to him. But everything gets quiet when he starts being Nelson Aguilar. Again. I told him to wait and keep that same energy. Kev, you're not keeping that same energy because you, you've been quiet the last couple of weeks. But that's beside the point. It's not a case of whether somebody is good or he's not. If you're asking me, I, I, as an Eagles fan, I don't want Carson Wentz to be benched. I think if they bench Carson Wentz, then they're basically giving up on the season because I don't see anything behind him that's going to make things any better. Because as bad as he does play, there is something in him late in games that can kind of salvage some of the stuff that he's done, but you can't ignore the bad stuff he's doing and just just say, you know, is he good or is he not? Ask him if he's good or, or if he's not, because he's the one that's being inconsistent. So you can't really put that on us for being honest. That's the problem with with sports talk today. Like everybody, you say one thing, and that's the same thing you got to say for the rest of your career. It don't work that way, man. So. Yeah, but B, I, I don't think benching him would would do anything to help the team right now. I mean, everybody in the NFC East at this point has, you know, feels, hey, we can go for this. The division is super trash, and right now, statistically, the Eagles have the best chance to win the division. So going to Jalen Hurts in this position does what? Like going to somebody who has to learn on the job, I don't think it really does anything. Out of all the little gimmicky plays that he comes in and runs every game, I think they've allowed him to throw a pass one time, and it wasn't pretty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I um, a small sample size, but Carson. I think Carson, Carson is playing yeah. like trash, but considering the circumstances, I, I definitely don't think it's time to bench him. Car- Carson Wentz makes enough plays and shows enough "quote unquote" flash up the course of a game to where to bench him is ridiculous. To consider him a non-starter is ridiculous because he still, it, 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 while he he contributes 
very much on the negative side. I still don't see him winning the they three games without he's won. Him. Without <laughs> him. Yeah, without him, you don't win. He's capable of things that other players just can't do at that at that position, particularly without all of the skill position players being there. So when he does improvise and go off script, great things can happen and do happen. The problem is at the beginning of games when you should be on script or when you do have more weapons than usual, <laughs> he's, still, he's still off script, provides an improv plays when he doesn't have to. He's always in one mode. It's like, you know, the only analogy I can use is basketball. Like you're, 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 you're in your offense and the coach comes to you if you that dude in the last two minutes and says, yo, I need you to, you know, I need you to give me like four, four buckets here. I don't need yeah. you to get me one-on-one buckets the entire game, but situationally you have to know when it's time to make a play and when it's time to allow your playmakers to make that, those plays. And that's, that's the issue that he's having. But Doug's play calling, like, if, if as a coach, if I see the challenges Carson is having, first and foremost, I'm calling almost all plays in the first half or the first 30% of the game, we're, we're going quick hit. We're going quick hit. We're going outs. We're going in, digs, and those digs are 10 yards. Those outs are, are seven yards. Like, you have to, to get in the rhythm of getting rid of the ball quickly so that now it becomes get rid of the ball quick, get rid of the ball quick, get rid of the ball quick. So it's almost you're training him. Rick, he holds on to the ball. Yeah. A part of it is him, but he holds on to it because them damn plays. But, B, you know what a lot of this is, the fact that people are calling for his head the way that they are? A lot of it is impatience, and I think a lot of that, you know, the injuries cause that. Like, a lot of people are frustrated with Duke because he rarely finishes a season. Because if you think about all the greats, and I'm not putting them in this category, I'm bringing this up to say because he's having this season, this kind of season doesn't mean that he can't become one of the greats at some point. Peyton Manning in his, what, fourth year through like 23 interceptions. Brett Favre in his 14th year through 29 interceptions. You know, Eli had some, some interception problems late in, you know, later in his career. So, you know, what people are going to say is a veteran quarterback shouldn't be making some of these decisions. And he shouldn't. But I think you also have to give him some benefit of the doubt because he's never in a season thrown more than seven interceptions before. So if you have this season where, you know, the floodgates open and you just have a bad season turning the ball over, I know it's frustrating as a fan while it's going on, but you have to kind of sit back, go through everybody's statistical history and realize every great quarterback has this, this struggle when at a time where people think, okay, you're too much of a veteran yeah. to have struggle. But with him, I think the impatience comes from the fact that he doesn't finish seasons. He got the contract and it seems like, okay, they're still waiting on him to be that quote unquote MVP level Carson Wentz again. Think about it. Just like Favre, just like some of these other guys who get the benefit of the doubt for the rest of their lives for winning a Super Bowl, he has the Super Bowl. But because he didn't finish that season, 
and somebody else came in and finished the season for him, people really don't look at him. They don't view him as somebody who has a Super Bowl. Bowl. They don't get that. He doesn't get that same credit that Jimmy always talks about. Like, Brett Favre win one Super Bowl, and he can do whatever the hell he wants to do for the rest of his career. Even even somebody we love, Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, he got that one Super Bowl, and he might live off of that for the rest of his damn career, no matter what he does. But, you know, he has that, but nobody really views it that way because he didn't finish the season. Because when we come down to it, you know how fans are. You know, only only the games in the playoffs count. Only the actual Super Bowl counts. I mean, he could have played all the way up to the NFC Championship game, not played in the Super Bowl, and people would feel the same way. So, you know, until he can last, play well enough, get back to that point, if, if it's ever going to happen – He's never going to get the, the props for that period of time as an Eagle. So for now, the impatience of never seeing this guy finish a season, never seeing this guy play in the playoffs for all the money that he's getting, even when the team makes the playoffs, he still doesn't play in them. I think that adds to it. You know what I'm saying? But I, but I also think it's it's very convenient. It's very short memory for people like Stephen A. Smith to come out and rev and rile all of these fans up with that, if this was Donovan McNabb, the city would be calling for his head. Dude, well, I like can't you, you an Eagles forum conversation, sports talk that I've heard, listened to, or read recently where a ton of fans wasn't calling for this dude's head. So that, that's, that's, that's not fair at all. It, it's like – Maybe maybe from, you know, you, you got to talk to the organization about what they're going to end up doing. But the fan base, <laughs> the fan base give it to you no matter who you are. <laughs> and they, they're giving it yeah, to you the I, same I, I way that they give it to McNabb. I'm, I'm upset with And I don't even think playing. he's as polarizing as McNabb because I think not, half of the fan base in Philly adored McNabb and the other half didn't like him. I, I think I don't think there's a lot of adoration out there in Philadelphia for Carson Wentz at this point. He started to get that. It was there until week 10 of the 2017 season and, and maybe a little bit after because they like, okay, we won the Super Bowl. Next year we're going to get Carson back. It's going to be on again. That kind of stuff doesn't happen. I, I, I don't think he's that polarizing of a figure. I don't think he's McNabb-level polarizing. So I think it was definitely a bad comparison by Stephen A., and you know he was just trying to rile up certain people, and it no, worked. He, he knows he can. He knows he can use the. He can use the race car. That's a good. That's gonna. That's gonna flow. And then we live in a culture of immediacy. So all you really have to do at this point is have a string of three to five bad games, three to five bad games, and everything you've ever done is forgotten. Not unless unless you're you know, unless you're Brady or. But for a Carson Wentz. Yeah, all he needs is three to five bad games, and he, you know, oh, he's the same yeah, as, uh, Brady, as Brady. Brady solidified. Brady can throw an oh, interception yeah. on every attempt from now until retirement. <laughs> he's straight. He's good. He, you know, he he already got his. All right, so let's let's do the the stat of the week real quick, and the quote of the week, and then go to the the phone lines. The stat of the week, um, one million dollars. That's that's the stat of the week. That is the number that Russell Wilson spends annually 
on his body just to keep himself right. Now, we've heard talk like this before from athletes. We heard LeBron spends $1.5 million per year, you know, to keep his body right. And, you know, who are we to say that he ain't spending his money well because the dude is a cyborg, never really gets hurt seriously um, in, in year 17, still doing the type of stuff that he's doing. Russell Wilson, uh, he was talking, he was being interviewed by, uh, I forgot who he was talking to. He was on The Ringer, the uh, the Bill Simmons podcast. Um, and he told him, quote, I have a whole performance team. I got a whole group. I got a full-time trainer that travels with me everywhere, works with me and my wife. I have a full-time massage person, probably a dude. We have two chefs. We have a whole performance team. I do 365. And he said, actually, the only time I don't, I probably do 363. The reality is Christmas, depending on the circumstances. And usually I do because we usually have a game around then and Thanksgiving. So we know Russ signed a four-year, $140 million extension uh, last year. So he has the money to do this. Russell Wilson is also somebody Mm -hmm. who out loud says frequently, I want to play till I'm at least – 45 years old so everything he's doing is necessary um i hear he they have like two hyperbaric chambers all kinds of stuff to to keep him right yeah and doing yeah. the stuff that he does yeah so, I, I'm, so, I'm i'm you know you know me i'm i'm so proud of that boy i don't talk about him often but uh you know for for that and the investment that he makes in being great having had so many like doubters that. But based on a based on his height, but um, you know, for, from from him to go from ashy to classy in the way that you know he saw that his spiritual and his romantic life would play into the the heights that he could ascend to. Some of y'all know where I'm going with it, but yo, dude, dude wants to be great, man. He wants to be great so much so that he's investing in his in his mental, in his physical, in his craft, in his skill. In his spiritual, in his romance, everything his is based on, on him being oh, great. In his step, he's paying attention to the future and investing. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> Even if that future is a little is a little future in the short term, or a big but future in the Jim, long term. Jim, you, do you find this necessary in you know today's sporting landscape for the serious ones, for the ones who wants to be who want to be legends? Do you find this necessary? Um, I don't know about it being necessary, but I feel like athletes, one thing about athletes are they're very um, superstitious, right? So if he started this journey and he started seeing success, whether it was attributable to this or not, it's not going to stop because that's how athletes are. Um, but I, I also think that it, if you do, like, one thing one way, you do everything that way, right? So what I mean by that is, the fact that he's willing to invest this kind of time and money into his craft means that he's probably doing all the other right things as well because he's focused on being great. So I think like, you know, you can, you can attribute like his, his, his regimen in terms of how he treats his body to his success. But I think it's more about the mind. If you're willing to put the work in with your body, that means he's probably also watching more game film than most quarterbacks. He's probably doing everything the right way. Definitely more than Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> Marcus is falling for the okie doke. Don't be no uh, no <laughs> don't be no DVDs in the case. 
or whatever. What did they do to him? How they tricked him? By the way. Yeah, yeah they gave him that uh, tape yeah. for him to watch the film. And my man was like, I watched it. And the John was blank. Tobias going to cook me even more when he realized he ain't even first. Let's go to the phone lines. We got the homie Rob from Cali calling in. Wow. Rob, what up, man? <laughs> first come, first serve. <laughs> Yo. Rob. Give me a call. I'm going to call y'all back call like it. The strip club. The strip club. <laughs> All right, man. Try to call. Yo. Yeah, yeah, that long, man. So we holler. The, <laughs> try, the, try us back the, see if we still here. The the underground. Yo. All right. We holler. He was setting up a date with an escort or something. What you, you going to do? Yo, you going to call yo. us back or no? Yeah, I'm going to call. I'm going to call y'all back. Give me like one All minute. Right. <laughs> Tobias going to be like, I told y'all not to go there first. Let's go to the phone lines. We got Tobias on the line. What up, Tobias? Roll down time. Roll down time. What was this dude doing, man? He got caught on the side chick out the main chick. What's going on? Yo, Tobias, he called us from the Asian washing washing. Shout out to Carla in the bathroom, man. What's he was like, hey. Yo, hey, all you heard was, hey, Rob was trying to talk over. He said, $15 each. Uh, you know, a couple of quick things. First, Russell Wilson spent a million dollars on his body. I wonder how much Joel MB spends on his. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's neither here nor there. But how much hot dogs? How much a pack of hot dogs cost? I know. But y'all saw Carson Wentz the interception. Here's the problem. If the team loses, people go lazy with just interceptions. To me, that it's a, it's not about the number. It's when you throw them. Because people don't realize this. Kurt Warner won the MVP in 2001 throwing 22 picks. Yeah. <laughs> and they made the Super Bowl loss to the Patriots that year. If Tobias, you you realize everybody who's like crazy criticizing him, you know, people like Max Kellerman. I keep bringing his name up because people keep sending me clips of Max Kellerman killing Carson Wentz. People like that, first of all, like I said, what they do is entertainment. So trust me, if he turns it around, he's still going to find a way to crap on him this year, next year, whenever. But at the same time, what those people don't realize that they're actually doing, you're actually crapping on him the way that you are because he actually set the bar kind of high for himself. Like if somebody's thrown seven interceptions, you know, total the last couple of years, and all of a sudden halfway through the season you already got like 13, 14, you're going to pounce on that because you need something, you know, in this 24-hour news cycle, you need something to be able to pounce on. So so I get what you're saying. It definitely – it can get – it can get to be lazy analysis, but I'm not yeah. absolving him whatsoever. Like, he's, he's making dumb decisions. Like, a lot of the stuff that he's doing is not even – I mean, he does this because he has the super Superman mentality, but it's not just the – Oh, I believe in my arm so much. So I'm going to just squeeze that in there. No, some of this, like a lot of this is like brain. Like, what did you see? Why did you think you could do that? Like, get rid of the ball. Like, it's just him being stupid and it gets a little you frustrating. Know, 
You know what it is also? Because uh, I heard a guy in the chat was like, oh, they like Jameis. Like, man, nobody liked Jameis when he came out. Bucks fans hated him when he came out. <laughs> you know, so no one ever said anything. You know, it was like Wentz, right? People like Wentz. Like, and like, not even liking Wentz. Baker Mayfield gets all the excuses in where I don't care what nobody says. This dude throws a ton of picks all the time. And, well, you know, OBJ was there. That's why he didn't play well. How the hell you don't play well? He don't play well. He don't play well because he has weapons. <laughs> At least <laughs> and he loses all of his weapons. Like when I heard that, when we talked about that, I'm like, come on, man, this is ridiculous. I mean, like, Cut because on. people don't, they don't even explain what they're trying to say. So I'm trying to interpret. Those words myself. I'm like, are they saying when you have a diva like Odell, you feel the pressure to have to get him a certain amount of touches? Okay, I can understand that. But in no no universe am I going to sit here and give you the, the, the excuse that you are better without Odell Beckham on your team. Like, like yeah. that, that Odell oh. Beckham is the one holding you back. When you got all yeah. the weapons in the world and you have the, the coaches and everybody on your side. And a defense. Even if he's in your ear, you don't have to. Yeah, Odell Beckham doesn't have the the moxie on that team that he did when he was originally with the New York Giants. And even when he was with them, you had a you had a quarterback who had already won the Super Bowl twice. So you really getting in his ear was kind of a waste of time. So it's an excuse because Odell Beckham is not. You know, you're not the top dog on the team. So even if he on the sideline throwing a temper tantrum, then you just let it be. You get the ball when I give you the goddamn ball. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely an excuse. Yeah, because the people do the media, these quarterbacks, they've gone crazy. It's the same thing because, you know, uh, it was funny, right? I, you know, I see all the stuff about Drew Brees, right? I said, hold on. Y'all said Jameis Winston was – not you guys, but the media said Jameis Winston was Nate Peterman and Jamarcus Russell had a baby. Now you saying put him in because of Drew Brees. Yeah. Make up your damn mind, people. <laughs> Yeah, but I, and, and like also now you got the hot take media saying, "Hey, Miami Dolphins seeing what they got with Tua before they make a pick in the first round." They said, like, damn, can the guy play two or three games first? <laughs> no, they <laughs> already know? talking about this. drafting another quarterback. Yo, I yeah. swear to y'all, I swear to y'all, at this point, because of the stuff people say, I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna be a bust, man. I'm not rooting for it or anything. I'm not, for like, I'm not looking for credit for being right. So if he ends up being Dan Marino, I don't need anybody like, oh, look, Dan, I told you. I'm not. I'm just saying because of the way people are talking about him. It's like people are ready to give up on people who barely have gotten a start yet <laughs> because Trevor Lawrence Bro, is a and he's not even it's and he's not even an unquestioned. He's not even an unquestioned best quarterback in the class, right? No, and I'm mean, no, hearing that. Right, I'm I'm hearing this from, you know, you know, in regards to the Giants. You hear this in regards to Miami. Like I, I really don't. We talked about this in the chat the other day. I really don't think Daniel Jones, with all the mistakes that he makes, I don't think he's the Giants' mm-hmm. problem right now. I think he could be problem. good if they build a team around him. He's actually to me, he's so even even thus far, he's more than I expected him to be because I didn't know that much about. Daniel Jones, because who the hell watches Duke football? Like, be I real. don't. Unless I'm mad at you. Daniel Jones ain't trash at all. Fred Perdue, I don't think he's trash or, um, at all. Unless you're Fred Perdue, or, or, or shout out to the homie Brandon Pemberton. Pemberton. If you're one of them dudes, then 
That's hey. what I get. I, I mean, they hey. watch everybody. They do film, but. Hey, all I know is that if you watch Miami Hurricane fall, you're a better man than me, man. Good Lord. But, uh, sounds yeah, it's free. bad. It's uh, bad down there, man. It's bad. It's bad down there. Yo, listen, Tobias, you can tell the Miami Hurricanes team now, these players, they go to class. They're yep. nice guys. They got good grades, high they're academic all Americans. They ain't got no real they ain't got no real ballers going in there. They're academic all Americans. But um you 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 to your to your point with Daniel Jones, Dev, Daniel Jones has no weapons. The weapons he has, Ingram, as you notice that Ingram is a bit of a coward. Ingram got the mm-hmm. job. Yeah, Trey got the he's talented. Yeah, he's talented. I'll trade him. No dog he's, in he's him. Talented. But he Ingram could have Ingram could have easily ended the Eagles that night on Thursday night football. You know what? No, and like you know, you know one thing about Daniel Jones, right? I think the Giants. I was I watched him get the Bucks, right? He would they would have beaten him. He just made made a couple of throws and made the mistakes. But that's like he's second year in the league. You know, uh, <laughs> hey, he, he played tougher than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers a front run. He's twenty starting. Yes, what I'm saying. They're like they'll be in a position where they it's like cause the Giants play hard. They they're not getting blown out. And I think if they finish in the top five in the draft order, they may be able to trade that pick and be able to get pieces to build the team. Because we've seen it over right. and over again. You draft a quarterback, you have nothing around him. By the team by the time the team gets decent, they moved on to somebody else and the coach gets fired. That's how it usually is. They build the team up. Truthfully, and we've all talked about it at nauseum for the past two, three years. Like, truthfully, the Giants weren't in a position three years ago to take the best player available. But they did. I, I so said now it was you, stupid. You know, now you're wasting Saquon Barkley's career. Um, <laughs> he's not, he's not going to be remembered how people expected him to be remembered because we know – you know, running back careers are, are pretty short lived. Um, so they, they drafted him pretty much. They drafted him first in a in a rebuild. And I don't think you draft a running back first in a rebuild. Even if you didn't like any of the quarterbacks that year, if you didn't like the Darnolds of the world, if you didn't like any of those guys, start building the line now. So when you do get a quarterback, Ooh. he's not going to come in and be uh, David Carr and be shell shocked. With all that talent, but be so shell shocked that it pushes him out of the league. You know, you have a quarterback; he can learn while being protected pretty well. But the Giants kind of did everything backwards, and but but they have a chance to salvage it if they do what you just said, Tobias. If they do get one of those top three to five picks, trade quarterback that you have, trade it so you can build multiple pieces. You know, around the guy. And, you know, maybe you can get better quicker than, you know, sooner rather than later. But, you know. Yeah, and you know what? And, like, I was saying about with Saquon Barkley, like you said the same thing, it was like you don't get that even a full rebuild. Good player, but, you know, because I remember that draft because the Bucks was top ten as the players I won, like Bradley Chubb was in that draft, Panthers for the Broncos, who productive. Quentin Nelson, who's, who's going to be a Hall of Fame guard. <laughs> they can use that right now, uh, was in that draft as well. And like even Vita Vade and Ron Stopper for the Bucks, a couple of good players like that. And uh that sometimes like the running back, I'm not against drafting running backs in the first round. So I'm sorry, I'm not passing on Barry Sanders or Walter Payton. 
<laughs> some mess. Uh, but uh, because I tell y'all this, the folks pay pass on running back. Most a lot of your good wide receivers weren't drafted in the first round. That's a lot of wide. That's more wide receiver bust in the first round. The running back bust in the first round. Oh, the Aguilar. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, they want to give them twenty million dollars. You got twenty of them coming out in the draft every year. I just think you get the best player, but I think that sometimes, like even the Jets, I would trade the pick if I'm the Jets because you have nothing. So what the hell is Trevor Lawrence going to do if you have nothing? What's the point? If Trevor Lawrence becomes Dan Marino, so be it. <laughs> you know, you got to build this team up. You're gonna beat the hell out of this kid. And, I, and that's yeah. something that I don't think people look at. They, they, they think you put a quarterback in, everything is magically fit. You got to build a team around them. Well, people don't – yeah, I think people don't understand how, shoot, this quarterback's future depends on – and you talk about this all the time, Tobias, in football and basketball. It depends on the team that you're drafted to. You get drafted into a bad situation where you out there getting your life snatched – you know, every week, like you could be the most talented person in the world. Like, look at the Jeff Georges, the, the David Cars of the world. Jeff like, George was talented, right? And him, I'm not. I, I'm not gonna give him the same excuse that that you give Jeff. I mean, that you give David Carr. A lot of what Jeff George, you know, a lot of his problems were him. <laughs> but yeah, my case and, study and on George. this is David Carr. Like David Carr was a a talented <laughs> dude, man. But they actually made ESPN commercials with him out there yeah. by himself without a line in front of him. That's how bad it was. Yeah. And that's how much everybody knew, you know, that they had David, that serious problem. So he drafted my man, didn't have anything there with him. Hey, he <laughs> yeah, he got he got he got post traumatic stress disorder, man. <laughs> yeah. And you know, uh and it's like like now I look at the Bucks, right? And I say this sometimes. And also, you gotta have a good coach. The reason I, I, I emphasize with Carson Wentz is I think he misses Frank Wright on that staff mm. uh, because you see mm. what Frank Wright's doing right now in uh, Indianapolis. I think that was the guy because sometimes you gotta have a coach. I always say these players, no matter how talented you are, you have people teach you the game. And scheme the offense around your skill set. Carson Wentz is not going to be a 75% completion guy. He's not going to be Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr who gets a nice completion percentage. Or Aaron Rodgers who always check it down. I like Aaron. He has talent. But, hey, he, he's scared to throw a pick. And, um, and but, I, think like, they need so to, got, I think they need to put Carson Wentz on the move more. They don't do that enough. That's what I'm saying. Maximize athleticism. Make it so that, hey, he's doing it on the move, play action, things like that. You know, maximize that. And, uh, and, and that, to me, part of it is on a coach. I don't I don't know why Doug Peterson escaped the criticism, because if you had this guy that was in the MVP race and he hasn't been the same since, especially as Frank Reich left, why are we, why are we only blaming the player? It's like these coaches are going unscathed as well. And, uh, Oh, let me talk about my Bucks real quick. Uh, yeah, real Bucks quick. fans hate me. <laughs> Bucks fans hate me, right? I'm like, dude, Tom Brady did not just come here and, and they become the 85 Bears or the 01 Ravens. They've been building this team for years. And, right. and like I say, I say Bruce Arians is not a great coach. Byron Leverage is a terrible offensive coordinator. 
Tom Bowles is the best coach on that staff, defensive coordinator. Hope he gets another shot. But I was like, Brady has a, he been great for stretches. He hasn't been great for games. And uh, and I'm like, if you get a team that could make, I always said my concern is even this Sunday with the Saints and Noodle on Breeze, the Saints got a pass rush where they can rush with four. And the Giants put one thing on tape that concerned me. And I said this, if you blitz all the time, you got young cornerbacks, someone's older than 23, and they got beat deep a lot, but Jones missed. But also, they weren't trying to confuse Brady. They said, we're going we're gonna to rush forward and trust our corners. You get in trouble when you play a zone, and Brady can just sit there. And I think that is a problem. And, but no one thinks the media is afraid to say that. And I'm just being honest as a fan. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt, man. <laughs> well, hey, guys. We'll you guys I mean, as much as you were yeah. mad at your team, though, we could kind of say that they did it the right way. Like, they built everything up. And then once they got themselves a decent quarterback, you know, you know, might be able to yep. go on a little run. I know as a fan, hey. it's frustrating because it's taking too long. But hey, and, and I'll say this, though, before I run. Mm-hmm. I know because you, you can't talk. You're doing the same thing, Jeff. This is how you know you're likable. When the – like, this Doug Pierce get criticism. Bruce Arians escaped criticism. The last guy throws double his state in the because they ain't like the guy. But also, got a question for you guys. Who had – what's going to be a bigger ass whooping? Ronald Reagan versus Walter Mundell or Alabama at LSU <laughs> next weekend, baby. We've been waiting for this game all year, baby. Well, to be a Ronald Reagan type ass whooping, y'all got to hold them to one hey. score. And, and, I, and, and Mr. President, Mondale President only Trump, run his home state, so y'all got to hold him to one and, score. And President Trump, if you want to fulfill your legacy. Give us all 100K in stimulus checks. Please, that will make you the GOAT president ever, sir. Shout you guys out, have a great out, day. Shout they out to all the right. Shout out to all the brothers and sisters that got babies together um, to be rooting for Alabama this weekend. <laughs> Yo. Yo, he's yeah. talking about 108 stimulus. That's West Virginia. That's West Virginia. I'm like, that's a recount. I do Yo, a and Alabama. <clears throat> you going to give me 100. <laughs> all Yo, right, let's why, go down why, to why, GA. Why Mm-hmm. While Tobias was on the phone, I just wanted to let y'all know real quick, your president had a quick news conference because he couldn't stop himself and basically uh-huh. said that he won the election um, by a wide margin until they started cheating. Rocker, man. See, but the, see yeah. this is another thing, man. He knew, and that's why he was setting up all the excuses. That's why they were, you know, doing all they were doing with the post, postal service and snatching mailbox. You knew that a majority of these mail-in votes were Democrats. You knew that. Yeah. Hold up. And and before before they can ask them questions, they're going to the podium. You know everybody. You know they're going to repeat any questions. You know they're going to go on and repeat it. The people going to be saying that he he won that election until the oh god. I said I heard Tucker Carlson saying it last night. And, you know, they were really making a big deal out of it. But, yo, we're going to go down to GA where, first of all, where Skyview has put in the, in the chat that, you know, they, they damn near have pulled even Biden with, with Trump. Uh, Trump now holds 49.8% of the vote and Biden 497 
I don't know exactly what they're separated by, but that's that's damn near even. Damn. Voting no, terms. That's, that's, that's under, that's that's under, under 15,000 uh, votes. Yeah, that's it's under 15,000 votes. GA, uh, the homie Notch. What's up, Notch? Oh, you in Georgia, the okay. Yeah. What's up, man? <laughs> what up, y'all? What up? Ain't nothing. Biden, uh, I'm Biden, laughing. Biden, uh, scratching uh, and fighting down there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude. For a Republican to lose Georgia, that's embarrassing. So, yeah, that I, would kind of be an indictment on what we see if that's insane, actually happening. That's so insane, if, not something. So, if Georgia ends up blue, does Stacey Abrams get an automatic spot in the cabinet for what they did to her in the, gov- in the gubernatorial? I can't even say the word. Gubernatorial. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she, she has as good a shot as anybody. I, I can see them bringing her on. I can see that happening. But, dude, you know, we always got to look for the funny. The funniest thing here, I think, is which is going to be revealed in the next few days, is your boy who thought he was ruling with an iron fist all these years, I think he's starting to find out that those people were actually laughing at you behind your back. They were just using you to get past unpopular things that they never could get past before. And after right. this is over, they're just going to turn their back on you and blame you for all of the things when they go bad. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to have a phone done. call this week. Man, yeah. Republicans will talk so bad about that dude when it's when this is done. <laughs> yeah, he. Just I think there's gonna be a phone call this, this week where 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 he calls the turtle and he says, "Look, man, we we got to present a united front. We got to get out here and make sure they know about the cheating." And the turtle says, "We, Mr. President." He said, "What do you mean, we?" <laughs> and they the turtle, they Mr. McConnell, the, says. Uh, I Mitch ready to run circles around Biden for the first two years, which he will do, as we all know. So <laughs> he's gonna keep it moving on that. Yo, dude, man, you basically hey, saying Mitch, 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 Mitch gonna hit, Mitch gonna hit Trump with you ain't gang gang. <laughs> Listen. Pretty much. Listen, Bi- Mitch, gonna Mitch ain't going to run circles around Biden because Biden going to fish him. Like, with the Lucy. He's going to hold that yeah, football Biden like they Charlie Brown. Hey, let's let's work together in bipartisanship. Yeah, it's, and then when it's, it's dumb going to go kick the ball, Mitch going to move again. Biden going to tell Kamala, do what you want to do. It's going to be a black Indian Asian woman running the country because Biden leaving as soon as he went. Yeah, he brought, Biden chilling, man. He 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 gonna go fishing. He gonna go to the washi washi. He 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 done. Like he <laughs> his job is just to get his job is to get enough get him back. enough people to vote for him to 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 win this election. After that, he gonna check out. I only I honestly don't think he wanted this job. Look, look, man. When we get old, there's gonna be books written about. There's gonna be books written about McConnell. Raggedy and terrible as he is, he's been the most effective politician of our lifetime. Things he was able to get away. Money, and that's going to continue the first two years of this president. It is funny, like, yeah. how everybody, you know, the, the, the stories on the outside are the, the, the Trumps and the presidential candidates when, you know, like you said, all the power, <laughs> all the power that has been wielded <laughs> has come from that dude. So he's like, y'all can have the yeah. titles. Yeah. <laughs> y'all can have all that. Shut down so what, what for the last two years of his. Basically ran your boy forty five, four. So it is what it is, man. But for yo, I, I guess getting into the, the interesting sports stuff, man. Look, I, I hear what y'all saying about some quarterbacks, like you should be patient. 
But there are cases to where a quarterback has certain deficiencies that aren't going to change. And I think Daniel Jones is one of those guys. I think Joe Judge so far has proven to be a good coach, keeping him in games. But there, there are winnable plays there to be made, and Daniel Jones just can't make them. He doesn't have a big arm to go deep, and he's not high percentage enough on the intermediate stuff. So it's like, okay, what do you do, my man? you fast as hell and you don't run. Like, what, what do you do well? We got a top five pick. I, 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 you know what I'm saying? I know they're looking at it like, yo, we might have to grab a quarterback. But at least they're giving him the chance to fail by giving him this full season. And, you know, we're going to have a nice sample size. And, you know, they'll be able to make their decision on him. I think a guy like Daniel Jones is just so limited that you just got to see something else, man. You, you, if, know they get a, you know they get a chance to fail while Haskins is already sitting on the bench. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. They, right, they already made up their mind. Rivera, Rivera brings Kyle Allen with him, mm-hmm. which already lets you know Haskins has a short leash. Now you don't know if Haskins ever could be good enough, and you ain't put enough tape out there to where you could get an asset for him if you wanted to flip him. So to me, yeah, Rivera actually hurt them with, with his process. Like what y'all saying about Carson, everything was, was correct. He's really, he's really having a bad year. He's playing really badly, but they aren't physical limitations. This is a guy who's playing badly. Those things can be corrected. So that, that, that's together. my issue. Guys who just can't get it done and they need X, Y, and Z and all kind of perfect conditions, man, get them dudes the hell up out of there. Guys who can be coached up, keep it moving. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, look, if you need a representative, call me. Do not take any test that they're trying to give you. Heart test, blood test, respiratory, whatever. <laughs> Don't take none of it. Because they're going to leak it to the NFL teams, man. Don't you take none of them tests, boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we know how this game goes. <laughs> Don't take no tests. And if you got sense, get off campus right now. No, I'll be wanting to hold Carson accountable. So I do blame him for 50%. But if you watch these games, mm-hmm. Doug Peterson's playbook consists of Rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity, right cheek, left cheek. <laughs> And bun. Yo, that's the play that's the play calling. Yo. The play calling is atrocious, cuz. So it's terrible, man. Well shoot, even we, Carson, we, like, yo, we never hand the ball off Carson, if we're not in the shotgun. I hate that. <laughs> right. And and, and, and we didn't expect Boston Scott we didn't expect Boston Scott to be to be good. They was like, We don't need a running back, just get another midget. And now the ball ends up being like really, really good. But they didn't expect him. Yo, we're trash, man, in, in, yeah, in like ways Deion beyond Carson. He looks like young Deion Lewis, man. Yeah, he's, he's a nice change of pace back for Miles Sanders going forward. And y'all going to let Zach Ertz walk. So, nice I mean, nice oh, change of injury back. get Carson back. Right. Ain't going to be one of them dudes. Right. Always hurt. But down <laughs> here, this dude, Matt Ryan, this dude, Matt Ryan, is about to mess up our draft pick by winning a couple of games down the stretch. <laughs> Get these fans excited, and they're gonna bring him back y'all. again next year, and we're gonna be stuck in this, se- bro. <laughs> he hitting y'all with that Fitz magic. He hitting y'all with that Fitz magic. You know what I mean? Every every season, <laughs> Fitzpatrick come in and win a couple games that he shouldn't win. They get excited, and then when they really try to win, he lose. But he did just enough to get a contract either there or somewhere else, and somebody falls for it all over again. Just in Matt Ryan's case, it's the same place. You know, the same place he's been. Yeah. This whole time. We but. need to start our rebuild, man. The, the teams that don't start their rebuild when necessary, they're just bad organizations. Hopefully, Arthur Blank is turning the page on that because he's doing the thing where he's saying he's going to give it all the decisions, uh, make it up to whoever he hired. So he's not going to do anything right now. 
Hopefully that plays out right. Sorry as the Jets are, they're making a good decision. They're keeping Adam Gates raggedy self over there, making him earn his pay because they're like, yo, we're going to see what kind of pick we get. And if we get the number one pick, that'll probably get us an even better coach. We've got all this cap space. If we do draft a quarterback, we can build up the line of free agency and kind of roll out there, kind of like what the Bengals are doing with Burrow. And shout out to Herbert. Herbert's yeah, dangerous, yeah, bro. Yeah. I like Herbert. Um, I think it's a, it's a little bit of bias in that because in my fantasy league, I got Keenan Island, and Herbert is at, he's absolutely in love with Keenan Island. Like, he tries to throw him the ball on every snap, like real tough. How many targets you want, cuz? 20 targets? Right. Week? I got you, Keenan. Right. Ain't no thing. He's double-figure targets yeah. every week, and and I'm loving it. 400 Henry ain't eight cents. That boy been so, in there, bro. It's rough. Right, so even it's like even if I recognize Herbert's talent, I probably wouldn't like him as much if he was like enamored with another receiver <laughs> and, and not mine. Yeah. But, but he yeah, he tough. He right, tough. right. They they get their hearts ripped and, out and, and every last, week. Yo, yo, play call. Oh my bad. Go ahead, Dan. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say lastly the other play calling thing, people keep skipping over, yo. Baltimore. Baltimore is having a real tough time with play calling, bro. It's because they don't want to get away from their identity as running, but they have to be a little bit more varied in the passing game while, you know what I'm saying, not not turning away from who they actually are. Okay, well, how do you do all that at the same time? That's the trouble they're having now. Dobbins looks good, you know, as far as the next backup, probably better than Ingram at this point. But, dude, if you throw into the tight end for the majority of everything and you're not stretching the field with Hollywood Brown and, and, and company, after a while, I mean, you're just playing in a box. Zone blitz every play <laughs> or straight back zone. And everybody's just yeah, looking like uh, – He out there looking like Jeff Fisher a little bit right now. Yeah. Yeah, right. Romo was like, yeah, see, they keep running this play up the middle, and eventually they're going to run an option off of that. It's going to really open up things. They said, bro, they didn't ran that play 15 times at the middle, bro. I ain't seen nary option open up. They getting beasted. Oh, yeah, man. Baltimore, they're they going to have to get that thing together, bro. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. That's looking kind of dicey. Oh, and y'all said Russell Wilson. I need to run into him. Now, Russell Wilson is spending a million on his body. Let me tell you something, man. There's a couple Christian shysters within his circle who are selling him the sweat from the brow of Christ. Uh, like, like somebody's selling him something and getting some bread. And I need to be on that list in there selling selling Russell some nice Christian snake oil. Like, yo, that's a lucrative gig, bro. You get close to Russ, you can sell him something, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he seemed like he'd fall for it. It is what it is. I mean, look who he married the first time. <laughs> that's a bad man, though. It's a bad yeah, man. Uh, I gotta give him that. He definitely is. Boy, I, I is think, the truth, and I said the reason. I think Russ has, in my opinion, he's finally ascended to that level that I think people were giving him prematurely. I think he's there now. I think you know mm-hmm. it, was, it was it was a time where I thought like, all right, people love Russ. He's a nice guy, and I think they're giving him a certain status a little bit too early. They're looking at the fact that he won the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, he didn't really have much to do with that particular run, except for just keeping everything together. Um, that defense was crazy back then. But now, like the last few years, it has been Russell Wilson's team, even though they've always had like a, a 
you know, a running reputation. Like, dude throws one of the greatest deep balls that I've ever seen. <laughs> Russell's that dude yep. now. <laughs> He's that dude now. Yep. But, he reads, he reads coverages quickly. He, 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 he yeah. threatens you at every level, short, medium, deep. Like, and, and never forget, man, Russ is also the greatest PR and sports-related pitchman ever. I need to hear that ring and ringer interview because I, I can't imagine Russell doing an hour, bro. Because he only answers in you know, right. Russellism phrases. Go Hawks and da, da, da. like I cannot imagine an hour of that dude. I, I gotta hear what that's like. But yeah, he's he's, well, he's an MVP leader right now. No doubt. All right, man. So we holler at you. Hopefully, yeah, I guess week. that man. It was something else All I wanted right, to nah. talk to y'all about, but damn, Mitch McConnell took up. Took up too much of my damn time thinking about <laughs> thinking about the turtle. But man, y'all be easy. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to Rod, the bias. Shout out to everybody, man. Y'all All right, man. man. One of All the best shows. I appreciate you. you know what I mean? Appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right, Jim. What happened this week, real quick? Why everybody's on the grind before we get up out of channel? Yeah, no, man. Damn, it's almost it's already seven thirty. Why you on the grind? It's brought to you by Sports the Book. You can find it right at our hub of warroomsports.com. It's the greatest sports book ever written. But let's jump into what happened this past week while you were on the Grizz Nye. Um <clears throat> Adrian Broner, he was jailed for contempt of court. My man, um, you know, went to court, said he ain't had no bread. He was broke, but then he was on IG, you know, like we mentioned earlier, that attention, flashing all sorts of cash and what have you. And the judge hauled his ass in the court and was like, what's popping? So, Yo, yeah. Jim. He told he testified that he had thirteen dollars and sixty five cents in cash. First of all, I believe uh, him. <laughs> I, I believe him. You know what I'm saying? Um he the the whole thing was remember that whole nightclub incident and and that assault in the nightclub in twenty eighteen? He was it, the judge ruled that he needed to pay seven hundred eighty three thousand plus in damages and court costs in that case. Based on the evidence, you know, and for good cause shown. So he failed to show up. Um, and like you said, when, when, when he did show up, he told the judge, like in the Martin episode, when he was talking to the judge, like, judge, I ain't got no ends. <laughs> and the judge went right at his neck. And what about all that money that you're flashing around on Instagram? So that's one of those times where being a, being a Richard head on Instagram came back to bite you. Now you're in j- now you're in jail because you know you basically ignored a court order, <laughs> but then went out there flashing money. Probably was somebody else's money, but either way, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. This dude is there is there any hope for this dude? He's another one, oh, talented, um, talented as hell, but wanted to be his idols before he put in the work to be his idols. I don't even Yo, know if he enjoys boxing. I think he old. likes being. Well, here's the thing, though. It depends upon what you're talking about, though, because he he enjoys this attention, right? So, I don't even think that he thinks about being the greatest boxer or where his ranking is boxing. I think he enjoys being popular, making um, exorbitant amounts of money, and not having to clock into a job. So, I think in in his eyes, he would tell you he's winning. He wants to. Well, he's always wanted to be Floyd so bad. But but for all the Floyd antics that we may or may not like, at least Floyd put that work in to be number one in his sport before he turned into, you know, a little bit of a coon. 
This boy well, just tried I think to Floyd come out wanted that though, but I think that. Floyd wanted that, and that came from Uncle Raj and his pop. This dude right here, I don't even think like yo. When you see him, like he ain't got no part, right? Well, no, but here's the crazy part. <laughs> Pop, here's the crazy part. <clears throat> he never even talks about boxing. When you see him on like interviews and social media and how he carries on, he don't even care about boxing. He only talks about boxing when someone else asks him about boxing. His, that's well, not his focus. You tell him where he be getting his ass whooped. He don't care about boxing. <laughs> no, that's not his focus. So, 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 so that's what I'm saying. The answer to the question is kind of difficult because then. If, if 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 you know this is all my opinion based upon like you know spending too much time on social media, but if you talk to him about what his goals are, he's already won. Yeah. <laughs> Yet he ain't in jail because <laughs> cause he told the judge he had thirteen dollars. Come on, man. Yeah, man. Uh, what else so, happened, um, man? We got another news, man. Some sad news before we get out of here. We want to send a rest in power shout out. Um, late last week, Hall of Fame Packers cornerback, uh, Philly native, and a friend of the war room who was here, Mr. Adderley. Herb Adderley died Herb. at the age of 81. Man. So rest in power rest to the power. dog. Rest in power, man. Definitely came through. Six-time NFL champion. B, are you on a flight, man? <laughs> Six-time no, NFL B on, B on his way to Dubai to get to yeah. somebody or something. <laughs> Yo! If you know, you know. Um, nah, man, but yo, six-time NFL champion, three-time Super Bowl champion, played in, I believe, did he play in the first four Super Bowls or something crazy like that? Yeah. Won five mm-hmm. titles with the Packers, one Super Bowl with the, with the, with the, with the Dallas Cowboys, of course, back in, what was it, 2012, maybe? He he provided us one of the greatest conversations on this show, on live air that that we've ever had. Um, so definitely rest in power to him. Shout out to the Adderley family, um, Kai, uh, his 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 cousin that's in the league now, following in his footsteps, Nasir Adderley, uh, safety for the for the Chargers. Y'all check him out when you get a chance. But yeah, it, it was sad news when we heard that. But man, he lived it up. Hall of Famer. Legend, <laughs> big in his community. So shout out to her battling, man. All right, man. So before we get out of here, definitely gotta let you guys know what happened this date in sports history, which is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you or your business need a custom website, you can get that professional one, dynamic one, most of all affordable ones at Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And, yes, financing options are available. So visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. And for those discounted rates, be sure to tell them that War Room Sports sent you. This date in sports history, November 5th, 1994, George Foreman KOs Michael Moore to win the heavyweight title, to regain the heavyweight title at 40 Five years old. So we like to give Big George Foreman. Yo, I still use your grill from time to time, even in 2020. Um, give Big George a, 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 a war room salute on this historical moment. Yo, George was in his mid-40s, still putting viable heavyweight contenders and heavyweight champions on their ass. I always thought he had something crazy in his gloves because he didn't even look like he was trying to swing hard at that age. Listen, man. And he Listen, dropped one man. of them 
just for D's on you. <laughs> Two quick man. points, man. I haven't used a Foreman grill in years because everything goes in the air fryer, including things that you probably can cook on a Foreman grill. But yeah. that's the one thing. The second thing is um, I had the pleasure of uh, having uh, juicy, yo, Joe Frazier. I had the pleasure, <laughs> pleasure of having Joe Frazier as a client before he passed. Oh, and I, when, I, when I used to sit around and talk boxing with him, that's all he would talk about. Like, I would try to get stories about Ali. <laughs> so, I would try to get stories about Ali, and he would start off and then be like, yeah, but, you know, George hit harder. He was like, yo, I still feel George punching <laughs> to this day. And, and he was in the Yo, George, yo, the reason I'm not gonna be here too much longer. Yo, that boy, yo. Man, he would like constantly talk about how hard Foreman punched. I'm like, dog, that was 50 years ago. Why you still talk about it like it was yesterday? Foreman. I said, yo, when he said Foreman. that, I was like, Foreman, because remember he fought him in his prime. Oh yeah, he beat the shit out of. Yeah, he, he, he embarrassed yeah, him. George, 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 he embarrassed George, him. Big George, George fought uh, Michael Moore when he was like 50, and he hit Mike, <laughs> and Mike Moore. Put his gloves, took his gloves off in the middle of the ring, walked out, and just left. And said, "I don't need to do this." Yeah, he crumbled like he crumbled like he crumbled like a building when he hit him. It was like a quick little jab. No, he too, hit Mike. Yo, he hit more, and it wasn't even a knockout. More just said, "I quit. I'm not doing this. This is not fair. This is not fun." It's but listen, uh, on everything I love, Joe Frazier told me that I still feel his punches to this day. So I'm just like 50 years later, like. And, 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 and you couldn't even ask him about Boy. <laughs> yo, I didn't ask him about Boy. He just brought it up. So let me feel like, yo, that Boy must hit hard. He said it's the hardest punch he ever felt in his life. Yeah. I just watched no, it. No, no, to your, to, to one I mean, it looked worse about, when he was older because it didn't look like effort was going through it and people was just going to yeah. sleep. It's like yeah. for, for us, for us, no one can tell us that Mike Tyson isn't the hardest puncher. No one can tell us that. But George... I don't know. I'm interested scientifically in understanding which one of them punched harder. I know. Yeah, I think, look, but I think George. Better, was, but I think he's the epitome of that slang heavy-handed. Because I swear he used to just look like yeah. he just hit on the top of their head. Like, what's that little game where the little beavers come up and you bop them? <laughs> like he used to hit dudes like that. <laughs> but you see, but you know what? I think it's a, it's a tale. It's a crazy because to me, it's like a tale of two Georges. When you like watch documentaries or read books about the young George Foreman, yeah, everybody George. was afraid of him and he was considered evil and mean. But yeah. when he came back, yeah, he, he was like the nice grandpa dude, but he still was throwing uh-huh. buildings at people. Like, uh-huh. you know, he had a whole different personality and everything, but when he hit you, he was still throwing them buildings. I mean, just think about what he did to Yo, people to this day say the reason Ali ended up, you know, the way he did was because of the Foreman. So, although he the won George? because of his heart. His yeah. heart, but physically, physically, he lost that fight. Hey, plus, they talking about, you know, the whole rope of I'm not letting this ball hit me. Like, you yeah. rope of my ass. Like, we need a new yo, strategy. <laughs> we need a new yeah. strategy. I'm not letting yo, this ball Yo, but that's hit. exactly why I work. George said, yo, I'm hitting this ball. I'm throwing 18,000 pounds of force at this ball, and he just taking it. Like, just knock me out. Because what, what I'm supposed to do. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm I don't even know that's not verbally. George said, I'm supposed to get mad at that. Come on, man. You are awful. Yeah. Shout out to George Foreman, man. Shout out to the legend George Foreman. It's time for us to get out of here, man. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, our group chat, and all the calls who called in and chopped it up with us. 
Tune in next week live right here on demand. We catch you up on everything going on in the world of sports, and hopefully we'll have a, a new president by then, or uh, maybe the same president, but hopefully we'll have a decision by then. Let's put it that way. Probably not. New master. But so, until then, enjoy your weekend, <laughs> college, NFL football, whatever other sports you watch or you play, whatever you do. Just, just be safe, man. Just please be safe. We'll see you right back here next time. Catch all of our conversations, all of our content, all of our media. Everything is at the hub of warroomsports.com. Everything. Pick up my book, Sports the Book, at sportsthebook.com or right back at that hub of warroomsports.com. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.